So I think you have to figure out your why, right? Mm -hmm. I think what is very important is figure out your why. Why is not just why do you want to do this, but why is your content impactful and should be out there? Mm -hmm. Um, I think then you have to figure, you have to get comfortable with knowing who you are because I think in the, it is so interesting how quickly everything took off. I had to get comfortable knowing who I was quick or else I was going to fumble it or allow imposter syndrome or allow everything else to, to take over. So I think figure out, know who you are and stand in that. Mm -hmm. Right. And regardless of what other people might say, right. Uh, (laughs) You have to be steadfast in knowing exactly who the hell you are. Yeah. Number one post. And don't think about it. I know so many people who just hoard content. They took the photo here, they took the video there, and nobody ever sees the light of day. What is the con- what is the point of capturing the content if you're not going to post it? Mm-hmm. Post. You need to post. The age of becoming a big influencer just off of doing makeup or posting cute photos has come and gone. It has. You have to do a little bit more than that. More than that. <laughs> and it, you almost have to have a personality. Like, mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that change. So mm-hmm. go be in the spaces and get to know people. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Content for Brunch. Listen, Content for Brunch is the meal your marketing plan has been missing. So I hope that you are starving because your girl, plus one, is ready to serve you. Let's get into it. Welcome to Content for Brunch. This is the meal that your marketing plan has been missing, okay? I am serving up substance, storytelling, and strategy for your content. So if you are an entrepreneur who markets your business online, then this is the podcast for you. We're going to break down exactly how you should consistently create meaningful content that builds your brand and grows your business online. I'm your host, Kayla Riggins, and I can't wait for you to hear what's on the menu today. Let's serve it up. What's for brunch? Content, turning profiles into profits. Change strategies for baddies, captivating captioning. Hey, Coach Kayla, hey. I'm open to suggestions. How can I turn my content into coin and connections? Profit projections. Content is key when you hire me. And uh-huh. I'll teach you how to do it, but consistently. Stop satisfying followers you don't, you don't even got. Instead, people. focus on the people who follow you now. When I'm talking, it's because I know what I'm talking about. Big and I create the type of content keep my name in their mouth they say content is king nope. i say it's queen because women are the source of every damn, damn thing i talk big money yeah i got the nerve to do such you're doing too little if you think i'm doing too much you don't know what to do and you're feeling too stuck tune into every episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's have content for brunch let's yeah. have content for brunch judy drama judy bang same thing let's have content yeah. for brunch Judy drama next up. I'm gonna be yelling that shit till it's stuck. Okay, so today we have two down to the plate. That was four. We have two. <laughs> I promise y'all I can count. We have two down to the brunch table. And as you all know, when I have a guest with me at brunch, it is so special because you get to learn all about their journey and how they are creating content that has impacted not only their lives, but the lives of others. And I'm so excited for sis sitting next to me. Y'all say hello to Blake Newby. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> so I love to, of course, talk up my guests and let people know why I'm excited to have them here. But I also would love for you to introduce yourself in your own words and let the people know who you be and what you do. Um, (laughs) So she said, uh, my name is Blake Newby. Uh, I am a former beauty and fashion editorial director turned beauty and fashion venture capitalist, content creator and host. Um, And yeah, that's why I be for now. I mean, there's a lot more layers. I'm sure we'll dig into that as we continue. But like, Base level, surface level, that is what, that's what I, what it's I the do. venture capitalist for me. I have money. Money. There's too much money. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely get into that. So one of the reasons why I wanted to specifically have you at the brunch table is because you started out in this industry creating content, but for brands and not right. as an influencer, because so often when people hear content creator, yeah. they automatically go to the influencers and people who work for brands. But you wrote an editorial for magazines and so di- digital publications. Yep. And, you know, that's how we met. We go back. How are we old enough to go back? 
we go I back. Was about somebody, I forgot who I was talking to. And they were like, yeah, I met you when you were in the office. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah, that was back in 20. I was like. Yeah, I don't know it how. It had to have been at this point. I think maybe 2017, 2018. Like, yeah. But, but, and I feel like for those of you who may be like, girl, that was just a few years ago. But it, it's not considering how much has changed since then. The pandemic was 12 years. Yes. So that's what I mean when I say we go back. Yep. Um, but yeah, so you came into this space creating content on one of the most highest levels, which is for a publication. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get into editorial work? So I moved. I always knew I wanted to be in journalism. But... I used to think, I used to tell people that I wanted to be like serious news. So think like MSNBC, CNN, those types of things. Um, I took the first job that would get me to New York. I did not care. I just wanted to be here. So it was in at network news. So I got, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> and so immediately, but I was like, I always loved beauty and fashion. I was doing girls makeup in, in college, all the things. So I happened to have a family friend who was at a major publication at Condé Nast. And she gave me my first kind of foray in um as a beauty assistant and from there it just kind of continued and so I ended my editorial career as a beauty and fashion director and that was fantastic too but like you said it is it is it is a very different type of content mm -hmm. creation, and I would dare to say a lot less rewarding oh so I'm glad you took it straight there so I was gonna say how so how is it different you're, you're building somebody else's dream okay yeah and then how do you <laughs> how do you think it is in what ways is it less rewarding so versus then versus now right when we say content creator then like i said i was editorial when i say content creator now i am creating content for myself mm -hmm. right? and so i think the thing is just like anything when you are building something for yourself it is more rewarding mm -hmm. as many people know who have been in editorial or really any arena right where there's a, a form of content that you have to create you you need to use all of your brain power, but then it's almost like they own you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like your, your ideas are not your own. Mm -hmm. Now my ideas are my own. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I mean, we can, you know, tiptoe around it, but the money. Yeah. It's like you create the content that sustains these mm -hmm. brands and these publications. And your salary don't change. And your salary doesn't change, <laughs> mm -hmm. no matter how much their salary, you know, I mean, how much, you know, the revenue that they're bringing in is versus now. Everything that I create, I see. I, mm -hmm. I see the result of it. Mm -hmm. So let's let's slow down the story for a bit. So you got your first job, yep. and then how did that turn all the way into being an editor at Essence? Fill in the gaps. So I was freelance, mm -hmm. and they were one of my freelance clients. And just after so much, so much, um, so many months with them. The who used to be my boss who hired me, she was just like, would you like to come on full time? I said no a bunch of times because I loved freelance mm -hmm. at the time. And then all of a sudden it was like a switch. I wanted something a little bit more stable. Mm -hmm. The grind of freelance is tricky. And so I had said no a million times. And then eventually she just wore me down. <laughs> she just wore me down. And then I said yes. Yeah. Yes. So I like one of my, when I say this word, I always feel like it's so big. But it's a, it's a small word. But like one of my missions of what's something that's a part of my mission um with this podcast is I want people to understand that content is bigger than just general oh, consumption yeah. Oh, yeah. and how it has the power to really change your life and so outside before you got to the content creator yeah. space is it safe to say that freelancing and writing for different digital publications creating that content built your resume to absolutely. have a job at an essence because that's major absolutely I mean, it's that, and it, it, the reality is the industry that I was in built, bolstered a, uh, an audience anyway, right? It's like, we think about content creators, right? Who start off as content creators. Um, I'm, when I say content creators, I'm speaking specifically social media content, mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. um, and they have to create a bunch of content to get put on these lists to go to these places. By default, having the job that I had put me in these big beauty events, these press trips, these fashion shows, mm -hmm. right? So the same spaces that, again, those that start in content creation have to work to get into, it was a default, it was by default. Mm -hmm. The second I started working for that publication, I was already in. So it put me in a position where it was like, everybody was just like, you get to do all these things and go see things you need to keep creating and showing. And it's just, 
been a, a snowball effect. Yeah. What was your official title at Essence? I was the beauty and fashion director. So for you get a lot of on your social media, you get a lot, and we're gonna get to the a lot that you get. <laughs> but you get a lot of young girls, yeah. people who look up to you yeah. and wanna do what you do. Yeah. So this is a twofold question. I'll ask part one first. Is the trajectory still the same? Absolutely. Like, okay, well, there's the answer. So let's talk about what your trajectory was. Right. And then how would you advise someone who's 22, fresh out of college and see you still so very young, right. under 30, right? You haven't even made your 30 yet. 27. Okay. So, and then they've seen you accomplish so much, seemingly so fast, but I know you, so I know... I, I know the crying right. broke. It Listen, broke I told y'all we go back. <laughs> oh, we used to be so mad. And couldn't go nowhere. Mad and stuck. Very and much. Like, I got to pay bills. Very much so. But I, I know the story. So yeah. I want, you know, other people to get a chance to hear the story who just see, like, this overnight thing. Because yeah. I, I think with the millennial generation that we live in, people take off, they get a following, and people feel like it just happened overnight. But yeah. they don't know the years of work that yeah. went into it. Yeah. So um, what was my trajectory? So again, I started as a beauty assistant. So I was in the closet. So basically what that <laughs> means is that um, I just opened products for people higher than me all day, right? Mm -hmm. but the thing is I got to learn brands. I got to interface with brands. It was great. The reason that my trajectory from editorial to content creation, I don't suggest it, nor do I think that it is as possible to do now, is because editorial is dying at such a rapid pace oh, wow. that nobody is cultivating talent anymore. So you have to come in being able to write. You, have to, you know what I'm saying? I came in as an assistant, mm -hmm. right? Like under, there were seven people mm -hmm. when I started. That is completely different. Big beauty teams at these big beauty publications will sometimes be one director who just has a team of freelancers that they put stories out to. Nobody is cultivating small talent anymore at all. So I think it's not, again, like I said, all the, and, I, and I, talk, I get very candid about this on TikTok. I think... Not only is the trajectory much more difficult now, I think one of the things that did make my trajectory a little bit more seamless was nepotism. And I'm very clear about mm -hmm. that. I think people like to pretend like it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, mm -hmm. especially in the black community. Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, I was having this conversation. Actually, I was on a panel the other night and it was like, everybody wants to say they got it out the mud. Mm -hmm. I did not get out the mud. Mm -hmm. You are very, we'll get to that. I did not get out the mud. <laughs> but when I got in, it, it became, as you know, it, you get to a point where you have to decide if you want to stay in it. Mm -hmm. Because um, this is treacherous. Mm -hmm. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. My trajectory, again, editorial into content creation, it created a springboard. Mm -hmm. Specifically, my year and a half with Essence was when I feel like my profile really kind of grew and take off, took off. Um, but now it's like, okay, so when girls ask me, I'm like, you got to create your own content. And not... Let's stop there for a second. Because yeah. I don't I think it's so important because of my mission. There's that word again. Yep. <laughs> I, I think it's so important for people to understand that like we can't just glaze over that. So when you say you gotta create your own content, are you saying that that's your digital resume now? Yeah. So anything big I would do that essence put me in the room for or something like that, I would post about it. And it just became bigger and bigger. Oh Blake's hosting this, oh Blake's doing this interview, oh Blake mm -hmm. is at this place that nobody get, ever goes to mm -hmm. all of those things. It is a digital resume. So how do you start? If we could give a three-step strategy to the 22-year-old girl who just graduated from yep. Howard, I guess I'll shout you out. Okay. I went to Clark Atlanta, but, you know, we're going to respect the guests. <laughs> exactly. And and I know that's the right oop to that. So, that is, okay. Okay. But give me, like, a simple three-step strategy that you would say to 22-year-old okay. Kelly just graduated Howard and she wants to do what you've done. Number one post and don't think about it. I know so many people who just hoard content. They took the photo here, they took the video there and nobody ever sees the light of day. What is the con what is the point of capturing the content if you're not gonna post it? Mm -hmm. Post, you need to post. Um, second is if you get invited to spaces where people are in the room mm -hmm. that you, would either like to emulate or you can network across, up, down, whatever it is, go. Mm -hmm. um, because I think 
and I'm, I know you've seen it, especially, um, you know, building your business, like the age of becoming a big influencer just off of doing makeup or posting cute photos has come and gone. It has. You have to do a little bit more than that. More than that. <laughs> and it, you almost have to have a personality. Like mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that change. So mm -hmm. go be in the spaces and get to know people. Um, like I said, the age of the content creators who get to sit in their house creating content all day mm -hmm. is, is, that's because Unless it's, it's interactive content right and that's because it's the market is so saturated yep. and i want to be very clear with that because i hate when people use saturation as a negative thing because i don't think that it no. is but it's something that you have to be aware of and so when i say the market is saturated i mean everybody wants to do it but that's a good thing because there is a market for it. what you do is in demand and so yep. i think people should take advantage of that however to your point you have to stand out a little yep. bit more it's a lot harder to stand out now everybody's cute Everybody dresses well. Mm -hmm. And because social media has created this place where everybody can just emulate what one person is doing, it's like, it's not mm -hmm. uh, that. So that would be my second thing is 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 go interface with people. Uh, the third thing that I would say is stop thinking about it so much. I think TikTok has become proof mm -hmm. of what can happen when you are not over curating mm -hmm. your life and your content. Mm -hmm. Um. One thing that I say about TikTok is like your content has to be so hyper luxury mm -hmm. or not luxury at all. There is no middle. There is no middle. Mm -hmm. And so the girls who are leaning hyper, hyper luxury, it's not given like, oh, look at my cute outfit. It's like, where the hell do you live? Mm -hmm. It's like, how are you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like those types of things where it's like, mm -hmm. where it's almost like people are enamored because they're like, what the hell is going mm -hmm. on here? Or it's the girl who's kicking in her body. I mean, the thing is, my content performs extremely well on mm -hmm. TikTok and all of those things, right? I've built this incredible communi community of, of women, of men, of non-gender conforming folks. But mm -hmm. um, it is not as huge. As, and there's many reasons for that. Mm -hmm. One being that the algorithm that I look like this. Mm -hmm. But um, I think... The, those accounts that take off, mm -hmm. take off, take off are either hyper luxury or, yeah. or not. So being on, so, so that was the strategy y'all. Yes. Um, Kelly, who just graduated Howard. I Good hope steps. you took notes. <laughs> so being that we, we share a similar experience, similar experiences in that we know what it's like to be on the brand side and now the influencer side. So we worked at the publications, we were looking for the talent, yep. and then somewhere along the line, we became the talent. Yep. So for you, since that's really taken off for you and becoming the talent within the past two years, yep. what has been the most shocking thing that you learned that you never saw on the other side? Okay, so let me tell you why you do not need a content calendar. Yes, you heard me clearly. You do not need a content calendar. And it's because you need to create the content first. A content calendar is useless to you if you have zero content to schedule. That means you need a content planner. Okay, scheduling your content is the last step in the content creation process. There are a few steps that must happen first, okay? Let me break it down. A calendar does not help you brainstorm ideas or develop content pillars. A content calendar does not teach you how to decide if you should create a reel, a carousel, a newsletter. A calendar does not help you understand which social platforms you should be using and how to use them. And it does not teach you how to write captions or use CTAs. Lastly, a content calendar definitely does not teach you how to repurpose your content. But guess what? The last content planner you'll ever need teaches you how to do all of that and so much more. Yes, so I named it the last content planner you'll ever need because that is the truth. You're not gonna need nothing else, okay? So there's a link in the description box. I want you to click it now and grab the last content planner you'll ever need so that you can get to work creating your content. All right, back to the episode. <laughs> the money. Okay, let's so unpack. <laughs> you assume, right, you hear about mm -hmm. what these influencers Right, you hear what these brands are cutting checks for. You, you, you know, you. Until you realize it, I ain't never going back that side ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do think that we underestimate. Now, granted, what the 2016 influencer was making versus now has changed. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's saturation. The mm -hmm. money has to be spread out. Right. Places. But the amount of money that 
I get paid and not just for posts, because I think one thing that is important to note about my content is it's not just brand partnership. Mm -hmm. It's hosting driven. Mm -hmm. It's appearance driven. Uh, I do a lot of consult brand consulting, right? So it, 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 there's a lot of things to it, but these brands have so much more money than you think. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so how do we get it? What have your negotiation tactics been? Because again, you were, Oh, okay. And that is not something that everybody's in a position to do. But the beautiful thing is my manager almost operates as an agent, right? So it's not like I don't pay a retainer. My Mm -hmm. manager only makes money if I make money. Mm -hmm. And uh, my managers are dogs, like pit bulls for real. And they, sometimes you just don't know what to ask for, right? Mm -hmm. I use this prime example, right? Like I was, um, somebody reached out and they asked my rate for uh, like an hour of my time. So in my head, I'm like, oh, like I'll ask for $2,000, mm-hmm. right? That's what I think. But I forward everything to my manager now. She comes back and she's like, got you eight Gs. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. That was six Gs I would have missed out mm-hmm. for an hour. Mm-hmm. That is for 60 minutes of my time mm-hmm. that I would have missed out on if I didn't just send it to her, right? And have an advocate who understands the... Mm-hmm. Um, the market. So I would say that, and then always go aim high. Cause that is what I did learn in the beginning higher than you think, mm-hmm. because you realize too, some brands would come back and be like, Oh cool. That's cool. And I was like, damn it. Mm-hmm. They came back and say yes to me. Yep. Yep. I learned that. I mean, this was like $500 days, you know, I've been in this space a long yeah. time. So actually this is my, I published my very first blog post in November of 2012. So this is my 10th year creating content on the internet. (laughs) And so I remember my very first brand gig, it was $500. And And so, oh, and she said yes immediately. And so I was like, like, right, right. But this was like years ago. And so um, I remember I I continued to work with that brand over the course of like a year and a half. And then each time I would ask for more, I would ask for more. And so it started to make sense. But it's definitely hard to navigate how to ask uh, for those things, particularly as, you know, women, women of color, you know, people, I like to say black women personally. So I'm going to just say black women. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it's particularly as black women, it's just like, we're almost conditioned to like undercut ourselves before anybody else has a chance. Okay. So you were surprised about the money in a good way about how much it was. Well, let me be clear. How much, the way that I make money now is so much quicker and it is in so much, you know, in much larger quantities. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I'm making a lot of money for, generally speaking, mm-hmm. white influencers mm-hmm. are making tenfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you have to, and I've also talked about this on TikTok, like, um, my publicist friend once told me that a group of white women described me as digestible, right? And there is a, I cannot imagine what, what the <laughs> black girl who they deem undigestible is, is not making. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, for those that are confused, digestibility is like, in short, it is how could a white person take her? Relate to this. Mm-hmm. Could a white person deal with it? I used to use the word palatable. Palatable. Yeah. Same, same thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And so it's like, that is what I'm, I know I'm making less than white influencers, mm-hmm. right? Who say make the, the, the same type of content, but I know that other black women are making even less. And mm-hmm. the only reason that I spoke about that on TikTok was because a black woman had spoken about how mm-hmm. women were literally like right. dust. And she had like a million followers, right. 30,000. And she was like, they won't even send her, they won't even send her product. Yeah. Wow. I, I heard you, um, I forget the name of the podcast and forgive me because I love to shout out other creators. Uh, Life of Makeup Artist. Yes. So I saw the clip of you on that podcast and you talked about kind of being in a dark space. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask the same question again, but outside of the money, what was the most shocking? Because it's like, we all dream of making it. And then once we make it, there are so many things. And I remember when we worked in that space together, it is a very glamorous lifestyle on the outside because you are everywhere, you're doing everything and you looking damn good while doing it. But because we're we're in the industry, we know what that's really like. So what was going on during that time where it was just like, I'm not happy. Oh, I was miserable. 
I was overworked. And, and like I said, it didn't feel rewarding. Like right now, like you're like, oh my God, when do you sleep? You saying that to me now feels different because I'm like, I don't feel so drained because it's like, if I'm running rampant, I'm running it's rampant. It's for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, ooh, that's a... You know, like... That's a bar. It feels different. Um, <laughs> doing it for somebody else and you don't know what the end goal is. Your bank account is low, especially in this damn mm -hmm. it, it It was just... Imagine working like a dog, right? And all that you can show for it. And let me not say all that you can show for it because what I was showing for it is what mm -hmm. helpful to my career. That's but, very true. But you're unpaid people think that you're living lavish because mm -hmm. your dinners you're going to all these branded dinners, and you're going you back to your you Harlem apartment and that I'm was me back to my <laughs> sitting there trying to budget money mm -hmm. texting my dad like hey I need to borrow money he's like this is like the 15th month in a row I'm like well then you should be used to it like, like it should be like a line shout out, out to your, your parents budget. I love your parents I love my parents but it's it it is not rewarding mm -hmm. and it is so interesting because it's like I look at content creation is not everybody's goal mm -hmm. and so it, when I talk to so many women you know my editor friends who are like I want to leave I want to do what you do but they hate posting mm -hmm. it sucks that there are not outs why do you think because you, you've spoken about that a few times now about the just post it people hate why do you think that is why do you think as easy as it is, like if this was the 1900s, we would have had to take out a newspaper ad. Like I stress this so much in my teachings and my live trainings, working with clients. I'm like, y'all, all we gotta do is get on Blue Ivy's internet and talk about ourselves. Yep. It is so easy to advertise yep. and market in 2022 than it was for our parents or our grandparents yep. if they wanted to promote ourselves. So what do you think is psychologically happening where everybody's just like, I don't wanna do it? Well, so I think this is like two sides. Because I don't think everybody should do it. That's a fact. <laughs> you have seen when it is unnatural. You can tell when people are forcing content. Mm -hmm. On top of that, what I do think is that it has cultivated a culture. And and this will sound bad, but stay with me. It has cultivated a culture where everybody wants to be a star. And the reality is, I forgot what, they, what that uh, tweet said. It said, y'all stop making clothing lines. We need dentists. <laughs> like, it, 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 there is a level of like, Everybody is not meant to do this. Mm -hmm. And two, everybody shouldn't. Mm -hmm. right? I think that with having a platform comes a lot of responsibility. Yes. And if we have seen nothing else, a lot of these people don't deserve platforms. Yeah. And so that is not to to deter, but it is to say like... No, that makes a lot of sense. You, you're right. But for the people who should be who should, should be doing it, because you're right, some people are just looking at the shiny objects. They're looking at the candy and they think it's quick, easy money or whatever. And so they want to do it and they have no business doing it. No. They should be a dentist. Right. Yes. But for the people who... And that's why I speak more so from like the people who I work with, like oh clients who have great businesses, great... Like they're not even trying to be the, no. the influencer girls. They just want to attract clients, but they are just so afraid to put themselves out there. So why do you think it, that is? So I think a lot of people are scared about the, how it's going to be received. Do you understand? TikTok is a lawless place. The comments, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very different. Oh, we're going to get there. Wow, <laughs> I'm like, what is good with y'all? It's yeah. very different than Instagram, right? Yeah. I think, number one, people are scared of the reaction. So I think you have to figure out your why, right? Mm -hmm. I think what is very important is figure out your why. Why is not just why do you want to do this, but why is your content impactful and should be out there? Mm -hmm. um, I think then you have to figure, you have to get comfortable with knowing who you are. Because I think in the, it is so interesting how quickly everything took off. I had to get comfortable knowing who I was quick or else I was going to fumble it or allow imposter syndrome or allow everything else to, to take over. So I think figure out, know who you are and stand in that, mm -hmm. right? And regardless of what other people might say. Right. Uh, <laughs> to, you have to be steadfast in knowing exactly who the hell you are. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just keep a good support system. Mm -hmm. It's like imposter syndrome really up until like six months ago was beating my ass. You know what? Can we keep it real for a second? I think I'm currently in a season of it beating mine. <laughs> And, I think and so. <laughs> you, and I feel like I am just now at the point where I am only starting to see myself the way that other people see. Mm -hmm. Woo! 
I could, Jesus Christ, I could get up and shout across this studio right now it because is, I literally. People were confused. If, if I, even when I would post about it on social media, people were like, I it would get so many shares because people were like, I just don't get it. Right. I, I literally was having this conversation with my line sister. If today's Friday, Wednesday. And I was saying to her literally what you said. I was like, I'm in a season of struggling to see myself the way people see me. Like they have so many complimentary things to yep. say. And we had this conversation. We started to have this conversation. Um, I also met up with another podcast guest that I had last week and I was sharing similar things with her and she was like, you know, our mind is hell. Oh my God. She was like, you know, we try to, like we tell ourselves some of the worst things and I was saying to her, I was like, that's absolutely right. I was just saying like, I need to say better, I need to say better things to myself. Yep. Yep. But I think if I'm being transparent because people may view me as the expert or as the one who knows everything. And while I do know what I'm talking about when I'm talking, yeah, <laughs> I don't does. know everything. And so I really, really like, sometimes I think because as passionate as I am about creating content, I think the fact that we have so much access to what everybody else has going on is what's causing that I don't want to post it yep. or I'm an imposter um, because we're looking at what everybody else has going on. Whereas our parents had to hear the gossip. There was no, you know what I mean? We wake up and see it. Exactly. You literally don't even get up out the bed depending on how you start. Your, I, I still do the start of the day with social media. I know it's not good. Blake. I know. No, ma'am. I, I mean, if I got insomnia at 4 a.m., I'd be on TikTok. But I'd be on the TikTok. Instagram will live And isn't TikTok much less scroll oh God, pressure? TikTok don't make me feel better. I'd be crying oh with God. laughter. It is so different. We'll, my, we're going to get to that. It's just kids and dumb stuff and yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It's that. It's, it's, it is the imposter syndrome and seeing everybody else. But Y'all, social media is a highlight reel. And that's what I talked about on the previous podcast. I got let released from the hospital and hopped on the flight. Mm -hmm. And nobody saw anything that had happened within legit, like a 12-hour like a time. Mm -hmm. And I was in Morocco. Mm -hmm. Like, post-Morocco. So it is a highlight reel. And the thing is, to me, it should be big proof. All these YouTube couples that we used to be in love with, <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't have to be and that's why one of the things that keeps me grounded is i try for my little corner of the internet to be as transparent yep. as possible yep. like i didn't sit and cry yep. on my stories yep. like i really try to tell people what's going on because to be honest transparency is what built my brand oh my god it has sustained me more than anything else and so that was exactly what i wanted to shift to with you you have a viral voice. Why, thank you. <laughs> you could get on that phone and say, hey guys, <laughs> the sun is actually pink today and it's gonna go viral. <laughs> and first it was you saying that you're so grateful for your parents yep. because they their support gave you freedom yep. to dream. Yep. That went viral. Yep. And then it was her telling the girls that she didn't care about the kinks no more and she was perming her hair. And <laughs> and that went viral, yep. which landed the Tamron Hall yep. interview. Yep. So what do you attribute to you having a viral voice? I'm just very honest. And I think that my, I'm not just going to say honest because there's a, a lot of honest people who's, say brand doesn't grow, but I think that my perspective is very different, right? It's like, for example, it, which is nauseating, the black girls in luxury conversation. Mm -hmm. It, nobody wants to talk about how they got to black girls in luxury. Nobody wants to talk about the realities of being a black girl in luxury. Me, I'm just very transparent. And I think that the, I think past the transparency, like I said, I have been placed in a position where it's like, wow, she's doing this. She she has access to this. She has access to this. And she doesn't act like an asshole. Mm. Like, I, and I am very self-aware. And that's not to be like, but again, that's how the it's, it's, it's Expensive to Dream video came about. Because everybody was just saying, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? I have been, uh, I am, I come from parents who um, do well uh, not only socially and the people that they know, but they have done very well financially for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they've been able to put 
myself and my sibling in the position where, yes, we have been able to dream and all of the things. The issue is that nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. The girls all want to get it out the mud. And and so it's so interesting because, you know, I know you personally, and we've had those talks over, over the years. And when I saw that video, I was like, I'm just so glad that somebody finally came with a different perspective. Like, we all don't get it out the stop, goddamn mud. But stop telling, also stop telling people to bootstrap. Right. That is so goddamn annoying. Black people, most of us were born without bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling us to pull ourselves up? Yep. We, right. <laughs> but one of the things that you made me realize in that piece of content, and just from what I gather, right, because I don't know how much, but you've been transparent that your parents have done well for themselves. I, on the other hand, was raised by a single mother. So I'm just going to say, based on those stats alone, I would assume that I grew up with maybe a little less than you. However, what your video made me realize is I had that, while I didn't have the two-parent household like you did, um, or maybe the, you know, well-off corporate salaries like your parents did, I still had the freedom to dream. Because let me tell you, you know, y'all know New York is a a bitch, okay? <laughs> and in my nine-year, ten-year here, we're in New York, by the way, today, recording this. <laughs> I'm back. back. I did. Godforsaken. <laughs> but, um, who shall we thank you? Like, oh, <laughs> Hold on, y'all. Let's reset. Yeah, Let's reset. The devil tried to take take the mic out. Okay, we back. Right. <laughs> um, but in, in my nine-year, ten-year living in New York, you know, it's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of like, I'm finna leave to hell with it all. And then there's a lot of, oh my God, everything is beautiful, concrete jungle where dreams are made of, twirling in the street. And I remember one time, and this was maybe a year three, four, I was ready to go. I was at my wits end, I was done. I was like, I'm coming home. And my mama said, why come home? New York is where you wanna be. If you come home, you're just gonna be miserable. You're not gonna be productive. You're not gonna be creative." creative. And she said to me, I'll help you. And my mama paid my rent for, I think, the next three months. And it's like, while that's definitely front of mind for me, you made me realize I, too, even though I had a single-parent household, that gave me freedom to what? Dream. Because I was allowed to stay here for another, if that was year three, I stayed here for another, what, six years. And look at what happened. so many of the the people who who stitched the video were saying, privilege and, and, and expense looks different to everybody Mm -hmm. to your point it doesn't always look like the parents who can support you you know for two years and for three months and all of those things but it looks like other things sometimes just your parents saying that you should Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying sometimes it's not even it's privilege too is not having the obligation to go back and take care of your parents Mm -hmm. i know i know Mm -hmm. i know people personally that's very true who have not had that ability because they had to get back home yeah that's very true and you know what i think privilege is also your parent (laughs) because my mama was like as much as she wants me like she's so glad i'm going from new york and closer to home but as much as she didn't necessarily care for the fact that i was so far away I'm privileged for her to have the mindset that agreed with who she knew her child wanted to be. Cause she could have easily been like, come on. And you know, a lot of parents want you to do what they want you to do. So I say that to say like that content is so needed because it even made me realize my own privileges that I may have, you know, overlooked. And so I think you have the viral voice. I just coined that. I need to do something with that. that (laughs) I need to do something with that. (laughs) Maybe when I have the content for brunch awards, we'll give out the viral viral voice award. (laughs) The viral voice of the year goes to. Yeah. Wilshire. Yes. Wilshire. Yes. The viral voice of the year goes to. You're gonna have to get the first one because. <laughs> right. Right. But I definitely think one of the reasons why you have a viral voice is because it's super relatable. Um, it's very transparent and it gives a level of lux with ease. Like one of my favorite things is on your TikToks. Like Blake gonna come into that TikTok. And you're going to see her start the camera. Like, she's not going to cut it out. You're going to see her reach in and start it. You're gonna and, people, and, and get with it or don't. <laughs> if, if the girl's like, why do you touch your hair? Why do you fidget? It's not your damn business. 
And that is, if my content is not for you. Yeah. And so I want to know what made you choose the less curated route? Because we talked about earlier in the conversation, it's either super luxe, super curated or in the bed with a bonnet on. And so for you, you definitely are not as curated. But like I said, it's a luxe with ease because you've done a really good job at, you know, everybody's so focused on creating the content. But I always say become it. Right. That's how I got into this space. And so you do a really good job. You are the content. So it doesn't have to be super curated because your aesthetic is curated just by virtue of who you are yeah i don't get on there pretending to be anybody i'm not you will never get on and this is no offense to the girls that do right because some people really do start their days like this you will never see a video of blake like getting out the bed in the morning (laughs) i've done it i've done it i've done it i've done a morning routine guilty (laughs) i won't and then it's not going to be a high route of me making a matcha latte and blending things I start my days looking crazy in a bonnet. I mosey out the bed. She scrolled through social media, we just learned. social media, which is not a good thing. (laughs) Most days, I'm in the bonnet till 4 (laughs) p.m. Blake, we got to get you a a routine in the morning. And and, and that is not good, though. But I will say that is not good. But the thing is, I think, too, it's like, there's two sides to it, right? It's like... The girls, too, make you think that they hop out of bed looking beautiful, wash their face, make And it's not realistic. Throw on their Lululemons and take on the day with ease. (laughs) That's not true either. Yeah. So it's like, yes, it is. Please create a routine for yourself. (laughs) But don't think that your routine has to be pretty. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, and two, it's just, I don't know, like that, that luxury with ease. So I feel my first like drunk get ready with me in reverse because I didn't have time to film it before I, I saw that mm-hmm. so I came back into drunk and everybody was like more of these more <laughs> of these uh-huh. people like relatability and yeah it was like I didn't do that because I was like oh my god it's gonna perform well yeah I didn't know how it was gonna perform but I was like I gotta show the fit right my makeup's done right and they were like everybody's like yes get drunk more right I was like, so like you you do a really great job at just being and i um i shared on one of the episodes of the podcast about how when i back in my blogging days the girls used to get dressed to blog yeah. but i started blogging because i naturally got dressed yep. and so that's today's definition of do not worry about creating the content, be it. it. Like, just capture who you are. And so I think you do a really great job at that. So I want to talk about the venture capitalism because now that your editorial career is on pause, because I don't like the word over, you never know what the future holds. I write for certain editors. Okay. (laughs) Certain. If they need a story and they're like, you know, Blake, you're an easy edit, I want to... Yeah. Got you. And so now that you have elevated to different things, one of the things that, again, I love so much about content and what I do is when you do it the right way, it's so mission driven and it really affects so many people. And so I started off talking about plus size fashion and lipstick. Now I'm helping women grow their businesses and make money online. And so you immediately, you know, you went up the ladder with the beauty editor space, but now you are in venture capitalism. So tell me about what you're doing within it, who it's going to affect, because that's the true change. I feel like that's what using your platform and using your content to affect change really represents. So um, first, I want to be clear, right? Because I think venture capitalism is very much like tech. (laughs) It's like, what is it? And you need to be specific about what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like tech girls, I was like, girls in tech, they're not coding. Right, like I, I. So when I say that, because you could work for social media, and you tech. Write, right, mm-hmm. and, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that is what I'm. I don't raise, right? So I'm not an LP. I'm right, not raising. You're not on Shark Tank. I'm not ready to make Tank. a deal. <laughs> no, but I'm maybe very much on the creative side, mm-hmm. right? The creative and the connection side, right? So, um, I, um, my goal is to get money and scale brands specifically for Black beauty brands. So. What does that look like? It looks like being almost the liaison between the investors and the brands, figuring out which brands are ready to scale, um, have the infrastructure. And then a lot of it is connections. You know, the thing about um, VC is it is it's connections based. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know this person who's looking to to invest. I know this person that's looking to invest and in what has been beautiful. And I made the announcement because, again, too, I built my TikTok on the 
day in the life as a beauty and mm-hmm. fashion editor. Right. So I had to let the girls on TikTok know when that was no longer right. in my life. Mm-hmm. And I spoke specifically about VC and it put me in so many rooms where you realize how many black women are in VC, right? And so what has been fantastic is that now I feel like a lot of it is connection driven, right? Mm-hmm. I need a brand and they're like, we're at this point in, in our business, we're ready to scale, we, we're either ready to go in stores or, or we're, we're funding, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're in their, their rounds and they're trying to raise. And it's now at the point where I have really built connections where sometimes it's like, it's not even deals that I broker that where I see any money, but mm-hmm. it's like, I know this brand and I know this person who's trying to spend. So that's real impact, yeah. right? Being able to be a connector. Yeah. You've used that word often I in describing I, what you I, do. I'm connecting. Yeah. yeah. And so if people wanted to, if people needed your help, how would they go about that? Don't flood her. Don't flood her DMs, y'all. Don't, but what's the what's the process? I, There's an so official process. And this is the thing. It's not because I don't want to. My anxiety and the way that my Instagram DMs are set up, no, you're not going to hear from me. <laughs> I would email me and okay. just say, like, I don't know, small black beauty brand looking to raise. The thing is, it's 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 tricky, right? Because I think there is a certain level of um, expectation and pressure that comes with when you say that you are really in the business of helping black brands. Mm-hmm. What you realize, too, is it's like you can't help everybody. And that Very is true. something that I've had to, to come to terms with. And so it is like... I can only help certain brands that are in certain positions, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't have the money, right? If I could give money to everybody, I would. So I actually think that's a, here I go turning into coach hey, mode. Hey. <laughs> but I actually think that's a really good content pillar for you. Mm-hmm. It's to kind of educate people around where you should be when you seek yep. investments, when yep. you seek help. Yep. Like, I think it's important for us as black people, as black women, uh, black business owners to receive education on kind of like the thresholds of this is what it looks like when you're ready to scale from, you know, zero to six figures. This is the next yeah. level. And so just you saying that, I could see you creating some content like here's where you should be if you want to. Yeah. I'm just saying it is what I do. I had the but, <laughs> but yeah, but like hearing you say when I said, you know, how can they reach out to you? And you were like, well, you need to be ready for the help. Yeah. I think some education around what being ready looks like. I I don't know, Blake. I I just, because it's not the just, I see it for you. Like I said, if I could give money to everybody to fund just the dreams, right? I would. Yeah. But since I'm not the person with the money, yeah, there has to be a certain level of preparedness. Yeah. And, and you know, all the time you coach people on how to present, Mm -hmm. like how it presents has to be a certain Mm -hmm. way. The business models have to be a certain way. And that's why it does again, but this is where what you just said comes in because there is a certain level of a lot of these and it's the same thing about the expensive to dream a lot of talent a lot of people have the idea they just don't have the resources to know how to package Mm -hmm. and they don't know they just don't know anybody Mm -hmm. and and it is it's like you could go to these brands with the best idea in the world yeah and they'll be like okay yeah all right one more piece of uh, content idea for you okay you ready I think the whole expensive to dream concept is so much bigger than TikTok and that viral moment. Cause you know, the thing about viral moments is they, they, they go away, right? That's the news cycle. But I don't know what you want to do with your future, but I think like some type of series or dare I say it podcast where you get to sit down with other women, black women, people in the space, and you get to hear more of how they had the privilege yep. to dream. Well, so, and, you know, you it's know. so interesting that you said that. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that. Because, uh, when I spoke on the, there was a, an interesting point brought up that I had never thought about before. Mm-hmm. To my own ignorance, you know. Um, but I was recently on a panel, black beauty panel, and one of the topics was black women co-opting other black women. Mm-hmm. Right? So like women who didn't grow up, you know, who, who grew up more privileged co-opting, say the girl from the hood, right? One of the, the examples that they did was of course aesthetics, right? But you know, the nails, they talked about how the girls go into the beauty shops now and mm-hmm. or whatever. That was just a small, small, small piece mm-hmm. of a larger conversation. But a, a young woman came up because I say it's silent during the beginning of those answers because it's somebody who can't speak from the mm-hmm. demographic that feels that they've been co-opted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to listen. And um, 
so I share my thoughts at the end based off of what it was. And a, and a young woman came up to me and she was like, I just feel like nobody talks about like the, the bougie, all, the bougie. I say that very loosely. Mm -hmm. They're not, all those women aren't assholes. Mm -hmm. There are other self-aware women. Mm -hmm. And another one of my friends who owns this fabulous um, luxury boutique here is like, I got my boutique because I crowdfunded my, with my family. Mm -hmm. She, she didn't and have so, any place outside of it. And community. so I always say content creation is storytelling. And what you did in that viral video was put a, a, a spotlight on the fact that there are even more stories that are untold. Yep. Because we always hear the got it out the mud story. Yep. I would love to hear more yep. about the people who raised money with their families, yep. the people who, yep. you know, like... I, I'm just saying. Right. I'm, I'm just saying. That's a that's when a good. Starts, what are the podcast awards? <laughs> when it starts doing podcast awards, you will be the first person. That, that yes. One thing I believe in is equity. Uh, yes. That's another thing. Another <laughs> right. So I, I'm just saying. I, I definitely think you you are onto something with that. And so that's the beautiful thing about showing up authentically yep. online is that it births what you should do next. Yep. It, it yep. things become organic. Content for brunch is just it, it's ten years later, yep. but it, every step of the way the yeah. was you know making my way to this point. Yep. And then ten yep. years from now, content for brunch would have set the tone for whatever I'm going to be yep. doing ten years from now. Yep. So yep. I'm just saying and when you know. when you have the like I said the viral voice, I just want you to make sure you stay in tune with that and really listen to what God is pulling you to do because your voice has power and it affects people, it impacts people, yep. and so don't let those little viral moments slip by. I like know. some of that may be the pull to your next level. Just saying. All right, I'm gonna leave you alone. <laughs> you know, that is constantly thinking, figuring out what the next. Yeah. Is. I'm trying to be like Usher. Yeah. Like, yeah, he does. All right, all right. So let's shift gears. <laughs> Do you think heavy content consumption for millennials has affected us for the better or for the worse, and why? So I think um, self-esteem is at an all-time low. I think, but then it's like there that fine line between transparency and oversharing is also a thing too, mm -hmm. right? I think, um, yeah, I don't think everything needs to be shared because it takes away from certain things you got to work through. And I think that sometimes when, and not all times, but sometimes when certain things are going through it, you need to be in it. Mm -hmm. You need to be in it without outside perspective. I agree. And that's why when I go through it, I choose to share once I am in a better place. Yep. Now, that's not all the time because it depends yep. on what you're going through. It, right. It's the what. It's the what that really matters because there's been times where I have shared in real time. And I think that's one of the things that has built my brand as yep. well is the fact that I'm going to tell you entrepreneurship is ghetto. And yesterday I didn't want to do this no yep. more. Yep. Right. And so that's yep. more real time. Yep. But when I've been kind of like really dealing with like mental health issues yep. and stuff like that, I kind of wait until I have a better, you know, grip on that. So I definitely you agree. You don't want to put yourself in a worse position because you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. You, said, you waited until that. So I think that I think how it has been, how it has been better. It is. It is. It has shown us mm -hmm. all of the ways. Number one, it's given platforms to people who just like need it. Like people mm -hmm. who I feel like the world needed are like Tabitha Brown. Right? Mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? When it happened, like the world needed her. Yeah. And I think that, you know. I just love her because I'm just like, that's Auntie Tab, but mm -hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't think that Tabitha Brown has saved people from mm -hmm. themselves. 1,000%. Um, I think that's also like when you look at what D-Nice did during the pandemic. Yep. The, we needed yep. that. We needed yeah. That. I think it's the definition of a gift and a curse. Yep. I think for those who use it as a tool, they, those are the ones who profit and benefit the most from yep. it because they, they understand that it's not about them yep. and it's really about how you can help somebody else. Yep. And I think people who allow it to use them yep. are the ones where it's kind of like at their detriment. Keyboard, keyboard <laughs> warriors or something Yes. Else. Yeah. Because I think that's a problem too. Is it yeah. everybody think that they have to comment? It has given everybody a goddamn opinion. Things that you would never say, like you're not even that girl. You would not say. That. <laughs> it's so like unfiltered and, and raw, and mm -hmm. it's like, but it's so interesting because I just wonder how you would receive somebody coming at you like that. And so that's a great segue. You just <laughs> did you read my notes? So one of the things is I want to know what's the meanest comment you've ever read about yourself. 
when I did that viral perm video. So here's mm-hmm. the thing, I'm a jittery girl. I talk with my hands, all the things. I'm just, I, it's just, I'm jittery, whatever. Get coffee in me, I'm extra jittery. Put me in a space where I'm filming a TikTok with people watching, mm-hmm. I'm even more jittery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I filmed that first video, when I was in Palm Springs, talking about how I was about to get a relaxer. Um, and, and my comments have been tame, right? But I think that, um, as the brand goes, they probably won't get as tame, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so they people don't can't come for my character because I know I'm solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had many people come for how I've looked, but the girls during that video, uh, they all said that I was on synthetic drugs oh. because I'm jittery. Wow. <laughs> Twitter. Wow. And so a Twitter crowd is so much more ruthless than Wow. TikTok. So everybody thought that I was on... Um, a certain drug during the video. Wow. Like that's, me, that is me. But anybody that knows me was so funny is everybody that knows me. They was like, Oh girl, I just thought you was just a little bit more antsy than you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I I was on drugs. So what's the nicest comment? Because I always believe no matter what, while our minds pay attention to it more, cause we're human, I guess the good always, always the bad. It truly does. So what's yeah. the nicest comment? Cause those stand out too, oh my God, that you've ever received. Mm-hmm. Like, girls will comment and they're like literally like you're my favorite tiktoker and now on twitter like so i'm guilty one day i searched my name on twitter Mm -hmm. and like girls tweet about me on twitter and like this girl was like she was she would say how she wants to be on real housewives of new york Uh, (laughs) but i think it's what the girls say under there right they'll be like i wake up and and go see what Blake is doing. Blake is doing, or like, but a lot of girls. You see what I'm saying? That level. Say, they come speak to me in person, right? And I, it was so interesting. This was the biggest compliment. This girl came up to me. It was this crowded bar. It was late, and she was like, you know, I don't want to bother you. She was like, but I am obsessed with you on TikTok, and I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, um, we have like a quick conversation. She was like, you know, I was really scared to come up to you. She was like, but you act just like you do on mm-hmm. TikTok in person. So can't nobody say I'm not solid. That's why I'm consistent. And what I love about that being your favorite comment is that it was literally in person. Yeah. So I love that what you're doing online is making an impact in people's lives offline because that's what it's really about. I love when girls come up to me. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. It's been an adjustment, though, because it's like, imagine you out and a girl staring you down. So you like, she got beef. Like, you're like, damn, she was sitting there for an hour and a half. Like, is it a problem? And then she comes up and she's like, I love you. I'm like, well, damn, bitch, you could have fixed your face. I love that. So that's been the adjustment, though. I love that. All right. What's your favorite type of content to consume? Not Not related to your niche. I love baby led weaning videos. What? You ever heard of baby led weaning? What the hell is that? The kids eat what you eat. I have never like, right. So it's like, and it, it, it dates back though to like ancient Africa. Like our ancestors were not, they was feeding the baby what they were eating just in smaller portions and allowing them to, it creates motor skills, baby Rue, moon and Rue on TikTok. If you see this, I'm obsessed with you and your child. Wow. Uh, I love baby love waiting content, even though I know that the, the kid content has been getting a lot of blowback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moms who post their kids have been getting a lot yeah. of blowback. It has confirmed to me that I Blake will never be a mom TikToker. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't take people on that yeah. that chapter of my life. Yeah. Um, I love baby led weaning. I love um the wig girls. And um okay, my favorite TikToker though on the entire app. Do you follow BD Trey Little Brother? His name is Raymonte. Mm-hmm. He just talks shit into the camera all day long Mm -hmm. stuff that he says is outrageous (laughs) like somebody asked me the other night i was at dinner and they were like if somebody had to play you in a movie Mm -hmm. and they were like they don't have to look like you like none of that like don't have to be you know present like you nothing who would it be and everybody was going around and they were like giving real oscar award-winning actors and i pulled him out yeah wow Wow. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure content? Like Ooh. something that you are maybe a little embarrassed to admit that you love. I really love Dark Murder Theme. Okay. I've seen every single episode of SVU. Okay. And my mom is like, <laughs> my mom was like, stop doing that. So I am devastated. Did you, do you know Amanda's leaving? I'm an SVU lover too. Amanda's leaving? Detective Rollins. I just, oh, why she being a teacher? <laughs> I watch 
that this morning. Yep. Yeah, she's going to be a I was teacher, devastated. I, I was like, I'm going to have to stop watching this because it's not real and it's affecting me. And this is not real. See, I can't. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's do a lightning round of this or that. Okay. Platform edition. Okay. All right. Facebook or Twitter. YouTube or TikTok? TikTok. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. Blog posts mm -hmm. or editorial articles? Editorial articles. Okay. That was easy for you. I'm, 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 I, it's, it's still near and dear to my heart, and there are certain... The reality, though, and, and you know this, editorials become a content mm -hmm. mule, so a lot of content is BS. They're just pushing content right. for SEO goals Clicks. and charging mm -hmm. yeah. goals. Um, but those publications, for example, like The Cut, mm -hmm. who are writing meaty, fantastic pieces every time. Yeah. All right. One got to go as a consumer, okay. which means you cannot pick up your phone and scroll this platform. Okay. One got to go. Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube? <laughs> the look on your face. Instagram got to go. Ooh, tell me why. Uh, number one, I love TikTok. Too. You do. <laughs> um, but two... Um, YouTube is one of the only platforms that still allows creators to have. I love YouTube. I love YouTube. And creators are making a lot of money on there. Black creators, white creators make a lot. They're the only ones that it, your bottom line is. Yeah. And it's not like even like that on TikTok. Right? Yeah. The algorithm is racist on TikTok. But YouTube is, I think, the only place where creators can do what they want. The girlies are over Instagram. It's easy for people to let Instagram go. Yep. Okay. One got to go as a creator, which means you cannot create on this. This okay. You can't create using this anymore. Okay. Reels, okay. TikTok videos, okay. pictures. Reels. You're more, you'll skip your TikTok. Well, so so you the thing is, I've never really, <laughs> I don't create reels unless I have to, because it's so interesting. And I, I know we hate it. The algorithm deprioritizes reels. Yeah. Really? So because they don't perform. Maybe because your photo content does so well. I don't even offer them now and content like when, yeah. when brands reach out it's like you need to know that blake can only give you stat my stat yeah. perform so well on instagram if you want to tiktok then that's a different yeah uh, conversation well i just want to say blake that i am so proud of you, Thank you although we just had like this conversation about how everybody not getting it out the mud i feel like everybody has their own version of what the mud is oh, yes. and we were in it together yes so i'm we proud of hard. don't get it <laughs> so i'm proud yeah so i'm proud of us because I remember sitting next to you at that desk, yeah, walking yeah, in yeah. like, <laughs> and it's just so seriously, like it's so amazing to see what you have accomplished and everything that's going on in your career. Um, and so I'm just excited that you texted me back and said oh. yes to being on the show okay, because <laughs> I was like, baby, she is Tamara Hall. She uh -uh, is high society. She don't have time for little old me. It's like, I don't, and I don't do it for the brand, but mm -hmm. it's just, don't be an asshole. Yeah. And don't forget your people. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you weren't, no, I can't do everybody's podcast. Right. You, I will make. A right. Brand. And I appreciate it because I know, I know how it can be. So I definitely appreciate you fitting in. All right. Last question. Yeah. So besides the fact that I know you personally and love you dearly, yeah. I want people on my platform who I respect and who are actually making an impact online. Yeah. So you wouldn't be here if you weren't. So I want to know, how do you plan to continue to make that impact over the next year? So I really want to get the, the, the VC piece. I really want to be like, it sounds optimistic, but the thing is, it's like, and you know, it's just like, when you've already hit what you thought was your ceiling, you just mm -hmm. have to do anything. So I would really like to be the go-to um, I want people when they think about raising for both beauty and fashion brands, I'd like to get into the fashion because that's a whole nother thing for mm -hmm. black um, creators. I want to be the go-to. It's like the connector, mm -hmm. right? It's not even about the money or if I'm making money off those deals. Like I want to have such a robust network of people that trust me mm -hmm. and things like that, that I can connect them to the money because I think People are over-mentored and underfunded, right? Ooh. Give people money, uh, <laughs> specifically black people. So yes. I want to do that. Um, and I just want to continue to impact. I just want, this world is very dark. Um, things that we've witnessed are very dark. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the biggest things that between like 2020 and now has, has really shown is that people are very mean. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of assholes in the world. And um, I just want to 
to show people that like it's it's cool to be it's mm -hmm. it sounds so mom it's, it's cool to be calm it's it, cool to be nice but it is it, it, and it, it, it feels it, good too it feels good and and you know the world have you you know nice guys finish last i i disagree mm -hmm. i think that a lot of my successes come from yes hard work and all those things but how i treat people and my karma has been good yeah and um yeah that's I think that's a great way to end it you. your success comes from who you are what you put out and you're just getting that right back so I love that all right let the people know where to find you on the www.zenda.com I am uh on Instagram at Blake Moore my mama was a little must have been off the, the <laughs> don't do your mama L-A-W-R-E-N <laughs> not L-A-U um, and then TikTok, my TikTok name is different. People are like, why is it different? Because like everybody else, I made a TikTok account thinking I was never going to get on mm -hmm. ever. <laughs> and now so TikTok is Blake Newby, N-E-W-B-Y underscore on TikTok. They link to each other. So my TikTok links to my Instagram, my Instagram links to my TikTok. So whichever one you find me on and, and yeah. I'll be, I'll be outside. <laughs> Don't be afraid to speak when Don't you see her in these streets. Yes. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode of Content for Brunch. Listen, I want you to make sure that you are creating content that makes an impact so that you never leave people that you can help starving, okay? So until next time, whether it's 2 p.m., 6 a.m., 6 p.m., it's always a good time for Content for Brunch. Bye, y'all. Content for Brunch, the podcast. Now available on all platforms.